Hi, I'm back. For those who don't know me, I can be a little type A. I'm a let's have a plan type of person, especially when I'm scared shitless and feeling, oh, I don't know, like my life is hanging on by a thread. When I feel like I have no control, it helps to focus on the practical. So today, I want to share some of the more practical things that have been making the process smoother and helping me feel more human and less alien. Hopefully these ideas can quell some of the fear and maybe bring in a dose of zen. Here's what's on the docket to talk about in the next two episodes. Medical Qigong, a thing I never knew existed, but it does. Medical marijuana, hypnosis, and weekly acupuncture through an actual doctor at Sloan. Why all the woo-woo accoutrements, Tina? Because if I can hold on to the part of myself that bends towards the natural alternative, perhaps I'll be able to still feel like a piece of me exists. Albeit tiny, it's still here. And I need that. Also, maybe alternatives can work. And maybe the list can be flexible and adaptable. All that said, Priority number one, which I actually just did because I have to get it in two weeks before I start chemo, is microblading my eyebrows. Seems pretty vain, I know. But the idea of losing my eyebrows is more upsetting than my hair. As soon as I found out chemo was on the table, I went and got my hair cut. I actually had the hair saved for a hair halo. Apparently, these wig shops can now take your actual hair and sew it onto a piece of material that lies on top of your head. Obviously, you wear a baseball cap or some sort of headscarf on top of it. But I guess it's kind of cool having your own hair, sort of. And after treatment, when your real hair grows back, you can take your hair off this hair halo thingy and create hair extensions. That sounds like so much of a hassle, but good to know. When I went to said wig shop to get my hair cut and saved for the hair halo, I met a woman who was looking at wigs. She was so striking with her bald head, beautifully shaped eyebrows, and big walnut-colored eyes. I kept thinking, I wonder how far along she is in treatment. She's beautiful. High cheekbones, upbeat spirits, just radiant. The one thing I've learned about a cancer diagnosis is that you lose inhibition. So I asked her, How far along are you in treatment? Her chipper response, Oh, I don't have cancer. I have alopecia. Oh, I backpedaled and apologized for being ignorant. She introduced herself. Hi, I'm Kathy. I can't decide between the short fun wig or the sharp bob cut. I'm going to a concert. I gave her my thoughts on the wigs. Both look fabulous. Your eyebrows are amazing, I told her. I thought they were microbladed, but didn't want to assume anything at that point. My new friend told me where she went, and I quickly made an appointment. Now look, I hate needles. I have a scar on my leg from where I should have received stitches at 12 years old, but was terrified by the needle, so I only let the nurse put butterfly tape on my calf. When you're facing chemo, needles seem like child's play. As soon as I left the wig shop, I made an appointment with Kathy's microblading place. I showed up to a spa-like room, bright and airy with lots of light. White beds that looked like massage tables were all lined up in the room. There was filtered water and a seating area in the corner of a large room, as well as a desk for a receptionist who, by the way, had amazing eyebrows. When Pam, the technician, came out to greet me, 
I was struck by how professional she looked. I don't know what I was expecting. She had the most beautiful floral designer blouse, simple black slacks, and Gucci loafers. Besides one other woman, it was fairly quiet. It was the middle of the workday. I explained that I had breast cancer and I couldn't come back after a touch-up until the new year, as I'd be in treatment and then I needed a template to work from when I had no hair or eyebrows. Pam pointed to her area. I lied down and she applied lidocaine on my eyebrows. She then let me lie there with my thoughts for what felt like an eternity, but it was probably only 10 minutes or so. She came back and responded to my deep breathing. Pam quickly and so knowingly let me know that by my sighing so heavily, I was letting the universe know that I'm sick and I don't want that. She then drew an outline for my eyebrows and showed me in a mirror. I proved and she began. I counted in my head before she started. Five, four, three, two, one. I felt nothing. Did you start? I asked. Yes, she said, explaining that she had numbed me for a long time. No pain, she said. That's for sure. For 45 minutes, I lied there, listening to a healing hypnosis recording. When Pam was done, she handed me a mirror. They were perfect, a little dark, but I was told the color would fade, which was fine because I just wanted a template to work with when there was no actual hair. Pam then handed me a piece of paper with her number and told me to call her if I ever needed to talk. Breast cancer is like the flu, she said. Everyone gets it. She encouraged me to just imagine I had the flu and that everything would be fine. I like that. Everything will be fine. Everyone else that hears the word cancer, whether they say it out loud or not, has some big story with it. Pam's nonchalant, light attitude was refreshing and calming. I needed that. and carried her lightness with me throughout the rest of the day. It's ironic that someone working on something so exterior can see into the depths of my being. So, microblading done. Check. On to the medical marijuana dispensary near Bryant Park in Manhattan, which was called MedMen. I like the name. Now, I'm not a pot smoker. When I tried weed in my 20s, I found myself anxious. That said, I'll take anxiety over nausea. I also will take an appetite over the latter. I read an interesting article from NPR about a woman who was being treated for early-stage breast cancer. She was greatly affected by the chemo, with nausea and loss of appetite, until she found an actual doctor who ran a dispensary in Massachusetts where she was prescribed a vape pen. Hmm. Of course I had to talk to this doctor who referred me to this dispensary. And when I walked in to said dispensary, it felt like the Apple Store and Uniqlo had a love child. There were hipsters behind the counter. Cases filled with various vape pens and oils, and clothing, too. I showed my license and medical marijuana card, and then was shown an accoutrement of options. I choose three different vape pens with various ratios of TH. Michael, the sales guy, helped me put three pens in a red vinyl envelope that locks, and away I went. I need to add that I do have some reservation about using marijuana. However, after hearing that piece on NPR, (sighs) 
I'll deal with the fact that this substance may force me to temporarily let go of control. All right, eyebrows check and marijuana check. Back home, my Uncle Jimmy has been helping me prepare for chemo. He ordered a utility shelving unit, the kind you'd put in a basement for boxes of holiday decorations, boxes of nails, tools, whatever you might store in a basement. This shelving unit is going in the master shower we don't use. It's being filled with boxes of Miralax, biotin, noodles, gingin chews, and every single item that I've gotten from any blog post promising to help me move through chemo with ease. By the time we have the shelving unit all set up, it'll look as though I'm preparing for Y2K. I'm a planner. I like lists. Crossing things off lists feels rewarding. Plus, having a task does alleviate some fear. It creates this illusion that I still have some control, when in reality, I'm recognizing that we really have very little control over our lives. Why do we want control? We're afraid. We're afraid of outcomes or want certain outcomes. Like my Uncle Jimmy says, we're all in these tiny paper boats, Tina, going along, thinking we have some control as to what way the boat goes. I'm Tina Zaremba. I'm searching for strength, grace, and trust. You've been listening to Chemo Stories. <laughs>